Greetings and welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a sometimes funny trying to be smart podcast. Can't talk tonight. Uh, We're covering all things new and classic Trek. Long live the Empire. I am your captain, Mariah Gossett. With me on the view screen, we have Clyde Haynes getting ready for an away mission, but wanted to stop by. And Mirrorverse. (laughs) And your tether, Paul Satachit. Oh. We got the tethers. We got them coming. Clyde already had to bounce out, but he might be back in a little bit. Um, he has to get prepped for an away miss it away. Mission. You're losing it. Oh, oh, oh. Totally losing it, guys. It's going to be OK. We are rewatching Star Trek Discovery in preparation for its final season, which is coming in April 2024, which I just found out is having its premiere episode at South by Southwest in March. And wow. I am really sad that south by badges are sixteen hundred dollars <laughs> so are you kidding really i'm I'm not kidding for like the only way to get into those bigger screenings is like to have a platinum badge and a platinum badge is sixteen hundred dollars so wow but but, um, but, but but you know but but like lowly like worker badges like you know i mean you'd have to wait outside in line like at, at starting at like if the screening's at 6 p.m you got to be there at like 10 a.m yeah and just waiting <laughs> forever <laughs> can't do anything else um so we shall see but uh tonight we're gonna discuss uh from season one episode nine into the forest i go episode 10 despite yourself and episode 11 the wolf inside um just a couple of reminders uh paul what should people be doing to help and support us and maybe, you know, join us. And if there's enough patrons, I can go to the premiere at South by. <laughs> wow. You could go to the premiere. That, 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 that's some Terran ass thinking there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Killy for the win. <laughs> that's right. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm supposed to remind the, uh, our listeners. Hey, uh, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. All links are at StarTrekPod.co. And if you love our content or like our content or... Yeah, you know, like, uh, please considering, uh, please consider uh, donating to to our Patreon for $2 per episode. Uh, Patreon at patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. I'm infected by what you you got. I know. it's uh, We got the stumbly bumblies tonight, but it's okay. This is is not so good. Uh, Clyde, do you want to remind people how they can participate in the chat if they're hanging out with us live? Absolutely. If you're watching us live, then just type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in the chat. And we'll take a look, listen and read through your your thoughts. And in a moment, we're going to say, hey, we're going to we're going to do a thing. You're going to know what it is. And then when you want to participate as part of that thing, just type capital H, capital F, capital HF in the chat. And we'll take a look at your overall thoughts of the episodes in Indeed. Um, Clyde, you missed one of our brand new sweet, sweet little video bumpers uh, last week, but I think it might be time for us to go ahead and jump into episode nine with a couple of, uh, oh, I don't know. Fast break. Wow. Time for some fast breaks. (laughs) got to look over your shoulder. Let us know what you thought, what you think. Okay, let's start with, uh, we'll go through episode nine first, Into the Forest I Go. This was uh, directed by Chris Byrne, written by Bo Young Kim and Erica Lapolt. Uh, thoughts, opinions, ideas, concepts. This was uh, a big cliffhanger episode right before a break in the season. So I think that's also important to note. 
this was the the cliffhanger or yes. this was oh okay well i, I guess uh, uh i'll go first uh yeah i thought the episode was great like you know uh it, it pays off a, a few things like you know I, i'm i'm not in love with like 140 30 something jumps you know 133 jumps that just seems like kind of arbitrary a little a little dopey uh and on this watch like you know i go like huh the moment that the the klingon ship cloaked you know um like how how does discovery know it just didn't move away well, I think you can see it as it like goes into cloaky mode. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so then the... it, it goes into cloaky mode, and then <laughs> then it cloaks out, and then it's invisible, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess they don't know. They they could like lose signal. They could just like get on out of here while in. I don't think they can go and warp in cloak mode, but you know they could not be in that area anymore. I don't know. Yeah, and like like the scar could literally just pop into them like a black. Oh crap! We're we're our ships have collided. Yeah. That said, like, you know, I, I feel like you could make the argument that the two, like, beacons in the ship could have helped Discovery. Perchance, yeah, kind of uh, situate itself and know where to be. I guess that that is kind of a, a logic jump there. But yeah, I agree. There are some things that I thought paid off really well in this episode. I really love the hand-to-hand combat between Burnham and Cole. Um, I felt like that fight um, was fun to watch, and I wish we'd actually gotten to stick with it a little bit more. Um and I think the Cornwall rescue, the um, Ash Tyler beginning of his end kind of uh, starting here um, and that we get kind of this big uh, push at the very end that we now know Lorca has really been doing all of this to chart a way to get back to the Terran Empire. Um as he puts in the unknown destination, but let's go ahead and uh, start from the top. So we have the ship kind of hanging out in around Pavo. They've been ordered to leave, but of course, Lorca is like, no, we're not going to leave. I've come up with this ingenious plan and we're going to find a way to figure out why and how these ships are cloaking. Um, but he leaves. They leave, right? They leave. They, they yeah, just black they alert do back. technically leave. Yeah, they well, they don't black alert. They go at like warp three or whatever. Yeah, yeah but, but they'll, they'll black alert back. Correct. Correct. Um, what did you think of, um, I think some of the more dramatic work was in that small, weird body room as Ash Tyler has his sort of PTSD moment upon seeing Laurel. What did you think of that sort of scene between him and Burnham? You've got a lot of relationships. So you have him and Burnham, you have, uh, him and Laurel, and then you also have Cornwall who's trying to sort of play therapist in this situation. I think I think the person who comes off the best to me is uh, me. Cornwall. Cornwall. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I, I think she's like, I got this. She, she feels like a Starfleet officer uh, who has some like pull, like, you know, like his PTSD. You're not is, he's going to be no good to you, uh, which I believe in all cases. Ash Tyler is no good to anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, but I think yeah, I think she. Uh, does pretty well in that i'm not exactly sure why laurel just sits in a bunch of a room with dead bodies well i think she was presumed dead is why she was tossed in there well i mean like they, they were going to maybe uh, wait I, I think i think from the, the episode before she was told to uh they threw her in the room 
I take it back. Yeah, it, it was it was punishment. They yeah. threw her in the room, and when she got into the room, she realized all of my people are here dead. Mm-hmm. So it was like, hey, this is what we think of you. We're gonna t- we're gonna deal with you later, but now sit amongst your dead brethren. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like um, it's, it's actually a pretty horrific thing to do to somebody. Oh yeah, I mean, there's lots of horrific things happening in this Klingon war, but um, I did think the. The plan was interesting from from Lorca for this. And do you think he, I guess my question is like, do you think he was only solely focused on the jumps to solve the cloaking problem? Or do you think because he had been working on mapping all of this for so long that he knew this was the rest of the data he needed to get back home? I I think he, I, I think it's a, probably a little bit of both. I think Lorca is the type of person who he wanted to defeat. Like he wanted that sense of accomplishment. Right. Mm-hmm. And he, so I think he, he ultimately wanted to defeat the, the Klingons. I, I thought that it wasn't until he realized that he was being recalled to Starbase 46 mm-hmm. that he realized I, I can't stay here. And that was the moment where it was like, all right, I need, I need one more jump. It's time to go home. That was, that's, that's what I figured. It was like, okay. Um, and I'm, I'm, it's so fascinating rewatching this with, with the eye of multiple seasons under your belt. Cause now mm-hmm. you just see everything Lorca does screams. I love Burnham mm-hmm. and I'm kind of a homicidal maniac. Yeah. Full like, Terran. <laughs> full, full Terran. Like, it's so obvious now. It's like, how did we not see this through the first watch? And so his actions now are just in line with that. Like, everything he does with Cornwall up until mm-hmm. the last minute where he's like, hey, Stamets, I need you just to do it. And then it's like the whole manipulation between one more jump was like, wow. Yeah. Man. I think to me, it's like from the minute he sends Cornwall to what is obviously a trap after the threat of him being removed from the ship to me is when like the spidey senses start to go off. And I know it is hard to like fully, I I keep trying to remember from like first watch what the like shocking inkling that I had around him was. And I feel like that's where it started. And so then to me, this episode really cements it because it is that quick little gesture into the computer before the jump where you're like, Oh, you are up to no good, sir. (laughs) Like what is going on? Um, Yeah. Yeah. We're we're in agreement that Lorca is the hero of the show, right? I mean, it's why our Slack is called the Lorca's menagerie. (laughs) Well, um, I mean, so, yeah. so back in season one, if if you go back and listen to those pods, what you'll find is not uncommon to my relationship with Paul. Uh, Mike Moody Garcia was a huge Lorca fan, and I thought he was sus from day one. But I am not going to take credit that I had any idea of what he was up to. There was just something about him that didn't sit right with me. But Mike was a fan of Lorca and his menagerie. And I thought it was a little bit creepy. I mean, I think it's Jason Isaacs is very compelling. Um, I loved in, you know, we eventually in the next episode we get, or uh, in one of the three that we watched, we get his, uh, yeah, in the, in in 10, his, uh, his actual accent as his (laughs) uh, fake accent to be an engineer. 
Um, but yeah, I think he is like very compelling. I think it's like, you know, even when he go he, he does his little eye drop so he can really watch the Klingon ship explode, you know, at the end of this episode, uh, it really cements like his character personality of like, oh, I'm here for death and destruction and only for m- what is going to serve me, not necessarily what's going to serve everyone else, but I'm really good at playing when things seem to serve everyone else in order to advance my own personal, uh, personal, um, journeys. Right. Yeah. I've got to head out, but I I did want to say this really is a three episode kind of arc that I thought was amazing. Um, yeah, it just continues to build and what we see from, particularly Burnham's evolution, Lorca's revelation, and Ash Tyler. I'm not going to get any spoilers. It's just amazing. So Mm -hmm. anyway, enjoy chatting about it. I'll be listening um, as I continue, but uh, I can't wait to talk more about this. Uh, Live long and prosper, guys. Bye, Clyde. Thanks for popping in. We'll see you soon. Bye, Clyde. Um, yeah, so I think this was like a nice way to sort of wrap up the first half of the season. What did you think of this as a cliffhanger? I, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. Like I, I thought I could have just ended like, you know, in season, like, like this season one here and it, it, mm. like, I'm probably a little like for those who haven't watched or should watch or like, you know, uh, it's been years. So like you should catch up but like uh like once they jumped to the the terran universe mm-hmm. like for me i felt like that was a hat on a hat hmm. you know where i go like oh like you know as far as for what season does like you know you oh are... you're like this feels like it should be the beginning of the next season yeah like you know like uh and then tying it back to uh you know like the way that the rest of the season i just felt like it, it i would have preferred to explore the Klingon war longer and just be mm-hmm. done with that or, and, or the Terran uh, mishap longer. Yeah. But like, uh, so it, it felt like really rushed in that way. They, there were like two concepts that were f- being fought and I can see in, in retrospect, like, you know, with the, the, with the Alice in Wonderland looking glass and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I can see how they're trying to blend it together, but like, you know, but, Burnham's journey is like sort of different in the Terran universe than she is in like you know uh in the what you call it uh in the uh our, the prime universe like mm-hmm. her first you know her her problem like in up to now is like you know did I make a mistake and will I be accepted you know right like she's trying to go like I'm uh, uh, uh. I'm a prisoner. I have a life sentence. I love that I have a life sentence. You know, like that that that's her problem. Mm-hmm. You know, and and she like, will I be, will I be able to be back into Starfleet? Mm-hmm. That, you know, whereas like you know, in the Terran universe, which I like both of them separately. My 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 problem is not that like you know the Terran part sucks. In fact, my favorite episodes in, uh, in Discovery are the Terran episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, not just this, but like the the one in season three, three, right? Season three. Season yeah, four. there's quite a there's a, quite a few peppered throughout, but yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I can 
I can I can see that for sure. It does feel like a I will say it does feel like a very distinct shift uh, for obvious reasons once we jump into the Terran Empire. But it also feels like, you know, uh, hashtag spoiler alert. But when we do come back, it's like to your point, Paul, we've skipped a lot of the rest of the Klingon war. And so it does feel like it was like, oh, we we uh to echo your your point it's like we had two ideas and we wanted to do them both in this first season instead of committing to like oh we're going to end on this cliffhanger of like where have we jumped to and then the next season will start with this or i don't know but i guess if you like it's like, like, do, like the, do you then drag out the klingon war more to get to the terran jump at the very end of the season like how would you how would you reconcile that so, so like episode nine is where uh 10 yeah, yeah not nine is where it ends like End there nine. are nine episode seasons like they could have uh and just like have an extra season like you know uh a longer Terran part i have to say though i did not watch this in sequence in the sense that i wasn't there live watching this and then yeah I've, I've, I've only ever binged this show yeah, yeah this so season. so i do wonder if it if it in such if i were watching it live and you go bam like oh my god where they jump to they don't know and because mm-hmm. oh my god we're in the terror like if there was like a month lapse then probably even longer because yeah it uh the nine aired in november uh, uh 12th of 2017 and the new the second half didn't start till january 7th so you had like two months so between so i i do feel like if that were the case there's a possibility where i go like it would have blown my mind yeah, you're oh, like, my oh, god. oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, it's so good! You've been it's so talking good. all all winter holiday break of where could they have jumped to? Yeah, you like, know? <laughs> so I have to be. I have to give it that credit. Like you know, like mm-hmm. I, I I don't know, but watching it, binging it, it's like oh, this feels like a narrative hiccup. Yeah, to me, I, I, I yeah, no, I can, I can definitely see that. Um, kind of jumping into 10, so jumping into what they call chapter two of the first season. Um, we are in with a bang. This one is Despite Yourself. It is directed by Jonathan Franks and uh Frakes and <laughs> and written by Sean Cochran. What was it a quick freak or was it a a hot freak, a coal freak? It's just just freak. It's a, it's just a just a freak, but I think it is now time for some Rara Rapid Riker. Is there a reason why you use the like you know robot voice? You know. Oh, instead of me, because I just didn't feel like yelling into a microphone when I made these. Okay, <laughs> that's, good. that's good too. If you want to send me, actually, so here's the thing, listeners, viewers, yeah, if you want to send me you yelling, hot freaks, cold, any of these options, rapid Rikers, um, we've got uh, we got space fast- for you fast freaks whatever you are feeling if you want to send me an audio message you can email it to us you can send it to me on instagram um send it to us in the slack i will happily remix and make and have some fun with some of that audio um i just didn't at the time i'd been editing my voice all day and didn't feel like editing yet more of my voice so i did the robot voice instead but um i digress Paul, what did you think of episode 10, despite yourself? I mean, it has the intro of Killy. And like, Killy is my, like, I love Killy. Killy is great. It is, 
It is a really fun, slow onion reveal of this universe we're about to spend a couple mm-hmm. of episodes in. And it is really fun. It's really campy. It's so evil mustache twirly. And I really enjoy it. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I think what I really like about the Killy character is or or Tilly's journey to Killy mm-hmm. uh is that she is so see she, she's such the meekest character and she has to be the most over character like oh, an extra yeah. care and so like even even the fact that she has to do that is narratively warranted despite the fact that it's ridiculous you know yeah so, I, I think the other thing I really enjoyed about this episode is um Sinequa Martin Green's performance of having to have this like duality of playing this really strong Terran character, but at the same time is encountering a bunch of people who died at the thing that sent her to prison. Um, And I thought she really played it so beautifully. And there's like a lot of really interesting nuance to her performance. And then the thing that really bugs me about this episode is when ash tyler kills colber and we have our big bury your gaze episode which i know at the time was uh, a very controversial episode yeah i, I don't know like I, I i have no problem with ash killing the doctor because i already knew ash sucks ash ash sucks he's always sucked you know, and so when he did that, I was like, oh, yeah, I was right. <laughs> You're like, oh, pat <laughs> on my back. Um, no, yeah, no. I mean, I, I, I know ultimately we get Colbert back, but I know at the time it was like quite a big controversy. And like, what are some ways like, I don't know. I think you could have accomplished all of this and made him incapacitated, sure, you sure. know, and not have killed off the character um, yeah. for I, me. I, but yeah. I, I don't think they knew how popular. Uh, it's Wilson fucking Cruz people. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't think they realized how, like, like from from what I understand of like the the show The Blacklist. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's a show called The Blacklist. Anyway, uh, James Spader was not the first choice, uh, and in, in fact, like you know, it was it was. Uh, well, how should they? In fact, like uh, it was one of those things where you can't even imagine uh, what the show would be without Spader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, in in this way, like Culber, like I don't think like they they could just imagine like they probably had the scripts written, and then they just didn't realize the fan you know impact and like he just did it so well as far as like what the show needed and like you know mm-hmm. so. Yeah, it is also interesting. It's been it's been really fun going back to this season and seeing the growth of Culber's character because I think we do see uh, these small inklings of this like therapist type of voice in how he communicates with the rest of the crew and how he is like working with all of them. So I think it's been a really lovely build of his character, which is why it really s- stinks that they <laughs> um, decide. You know, it's like then this person is essentially killed and then has to be rebuilt from like a mirror, mirror, mirror version of him. And so it's like, is this the same person? I guess it's the same person. And it feels like we just like in future seasons, forget 
a lot of that for Culver's character. <laughs> Which is fine. Like, you know, like the you forget that, you know, like uh Beverly Crusher disappeared for a while, like, right. for whatever reason. And oh well, like, you know, let's uh let's bring Tasha Yar back, but like she's dead. So like let's, you know, let's let's have her be Tasha Yar's daughter, but half Romulan. Like it, 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 there's a whole lot of uh history of right. There's a tradition of of going. Whoops, we messed up. Let's uh, let's <laughs> let's mulligan. <laughs> let's let's fix this. But yeah, I was just like, you can't cast Wilson Cruz and Anthony Rapp as a couple and then kill one of them off. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like anyway, um, not anyway. It was it was a big deal, and and I think it's something that they've always kind of uh, had to deal with and the repercussions. But I think discovery as a whole has done a great job of, of fixing this, this error. Um, but I understand the, the amount of, uh, reaction to this. And I think it was justified. Um, I do think it is a kind of sweet, sweetly Terran delicious in a way to watch Lorca have to be put in these like Terran torture chambers, knowing what he has essentially done to the most of his crew in order to selfishly serve his own interests. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I was watching, you know, like him in the booth for a while and I go like, Oh, I wonder what Clyde would be like the mirror Clyde, mm. you know? And I wonder what mirror Mariah would be, you know? But then I go, what would mirror me be? And I go like, you know, I think I'm the same. <laughs> the same. <laughs> Maybe it's just so farly different, Paul. You can't even think about maybe, it. Maybe, maybe, but like, 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 what would, what would, what would different Paul? What would Mirror Paul be? I don't know. I don't know. I don't like, know. Like, like, if you do the Myers Briggs stuff, like you know, like my Myers Briggs is where you know they, they, there's a dark and they're like, oh, here this person, like you could be like Jesus or Hitler, like you know, like like the, it, like you could take your your personality and like you know it could. There's the good version and the bad version. Mm-hmm. My good versions and bad versions, very gray, <laughs> <laughs> very very gray. Like they're, they're like like uh. Oh, here Chupi has it for you. You are Smiley slash O'Brien. He was close to the same. <laughs> yeah, okay. thanks Chupi. I, I I think I think that might be. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. More mildly forlorn than the other. Both forlorn. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think the other thing that was so impressive to me for this episode is the amount of costuming and set deck. Like, this is a lot of work to put in for a couple of episodes. I mean, I know they're using it for a few, but it is a commitment to re-costume an entire crew. Yeah, no, they, they, this was going to be their flagship, like, as far as, like, the reintroduction of Star Mm -hmm. Trek. They spent some money. Like, like, you look at the special effects, they're, they're, they're stunning. Yeah, they really, they really spent it. And I, I love the Terran uniforms. I think they're so slick and the gold armor just looks so Mm -hmm. cool. Um, I just think it looks really, really great. It's just something every time we watch anything that takes place in the Terran empire, I'm like, oh, the costumes are going to be so good. (laughs) Um, Why do you think villains have better outfits than heroes? Because villains care about style. Hmm. Because villains have to worry about how they look. Whereas, like, can you imagine, like, uh, Superman having a conversation? Go like, oh, 
what uh what should my uniform you know, what should my outfit be like what would inspire hope and blah 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 you know whereas like a, a villain go like what should i wear to inspire fear and mm. you know and submission like you know it's just it's just the, the, they they're more communicative about it and the, they're more honest about what they want to do i suppose yeah i i think it's really interesting that there's always like even um you know, in the regular uh, timeline of, of discovery of Prime. Yeah, we have like, to me, it's like the amount of detail and work that's put into like the Klingons outfits and sets and everything in comparison <laughs> is is very interesting just to think about. Um, you know, maybe all artists are a little bit villainous at the end. <laughs> no, the, 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 uh, all artists are at the very least selfish. Mm. You have to be. Yeah, you have to have a little bit of narcissism, right? Yeah. You got to be thinking about how this is going to be received. <laughs> no. Um, Kuhn says, and this is interesting, it was a little creepy for Michael to name the Kelpian slave as Saru, considering he was doing things like bathing her. I think it was just that uh, it popped out of her mouth because that's the only Kelpian that she knows. <laughs> but, but point taken. <laughs> yeah, it is a little creepy. <laughs> Um, and it's weird when she's like to honor someone that I know, like that would, that's also a strange way to justify it. But, um, like we're also weird. Like what, what if his name was Saru? That would be what he, I mean, she asked, what is your name? He didn't know. But. Well, he said, he said he has no name, but like, I, I don't know if that's a true statement. Yeah. Like, don't you have something that maybe you think of yourself as, I guess? I don't know. But I don't know. Like, oh, like, like I imagine that's pretty like, fucked up psychologically. If you've been, if you've been so de uh, uh, you know not humanized in his case but you know what i mean like you've been pushed to the brink of not having any self-worth that you can't you don't even think about giving yourself a name i mean to me that says the most about how terrible the terrans are i don't know i think they're very efficient <laughs> oh paul <laughs> <laughs> oh no okay um we also get the big reveal that Tyler is now aware of like a vocal trigger from Laurel and that they've had this relationship. We get um, pretty intense visuals of uh, his torture and sexual assault. We also get the information from Colbert that ultimately kills him is that uh, he reveals to Tyler that it seems like he is not all human and a lot of really terrible things occurred to him. Um, this is always the part of this season that I think I just like mentally block out, which is like the how trauma part. the <laughs> trauma part, but then also like how they managed to do the like the Volk to Tyler transformation. Oh, what would you do is like you uh, you you take the human body or, you know, take the, uh, the Klingon body, you uh -huh. kind of crush it into like uh, the size of like Tyler. Mm -hmm. And then you uh, replace the marrow with like uh, Klingon, you know, like human marrow. And then you put a, a what you call it, a, a persona on top of your own, uh, only to be removed. When like, It's classic stuff that I do all the time. Classic. So easy this, to this, understand this, and explain. This, this is really, you know, it's, it's, it's easily, e easy done. Like, you know, you can transform like a cow into like a monkey. 
I feel like it would have made more sense to me if it was like, oh, we hook your heads up to two things exactly. and we zap uh, your memories yeah, into this uh, other, uh, this person who's already a human uh, who and, already and, exists. And that has always bugged me. That's why I, 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 I don't love this part where I'm going like you, you've, you've really just made it so complicated. Like you know, you, you exist in the future, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, if we can like mind meld so that Burnham has a part of Sarek's soul. Yeah, and can communicate across the galaxy. Yeah. There isn't a way to just be like, we're going to take Voke's brain and put it into this man's body. Anyway, very strange, but we get the first kind of reveal here. But then but there's no trauma. There's no trauma scenes. Then there is no trauma. Um. But I mean, I think there would be because Ash Tyler was a real person. So it has yeah. to be like someone that was actually tortured. So um, so, so anyway. it, would, it would be basically like Ash Tyler in the sunken place. That's that's what it would, would be. If yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That to me would have made more sense. Um, this is definitely maybe one of the darkest uh, episodes I've seen Frakes direct. Ah, I never thought of that. Like. I don't know. I feel like uh, Star Trek seven. Is that it? No, eight. Star Trek eight. When when the Borg uh, take a, like go back in time, I, I think that, that that was a pretty dark. I mean, it's not as psychologically dark, but mm-hmm. like it was it was horror esque, and, and Frakes directed that. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've you've seen it, but like you know, if I have, it's been a long time. But it it just like it didn't have. I feel like there's episodes I can watch and be like, "This is a Frakes episode." Mm-hmm. And to me, this didn't have that. Like, uh, I mean, I I think the fight sequences were really cool, but like, it didn't have that like light touch. Yeah, there's usually something that feels like, I don't know, a little well, hopeful, a yeah, little yeah. like, yeah, like- yeah. You know, this one's so heavy that I was just very, it was, uh, it was interesting to me that this is an episode that they decided to have him direct, but, um, yeah, but I do think, I guess where I can see it is in that like beginning world building stuff. Cause I do think he does a good job of like set table setting and like bringing us into the table world. That we're, I like that. I like that. And, and figuring out where we kind of are in this universe. So, um, which one's sub Rasa? Hmm. That's the ghost one. Did, did Frakes direct that? Because I would love if he directed that. That would be wild. I don't know if he directed Sub Rosa. <laughs> now I have to Google it, guys. <laughs> no, but uh, you know, like... it is directed by Frakes. <laughs> so there you go. There, there you go. Wild. Everyone, like, everyone, uh, everyone, everyone, like. Everyone has their, you know, like not everything is purely white and not everything is purely black. Yes, we Something we like... have to live in the grays. That's right. Um, okay, I think let's go ahead and jump into episode 11, The Wolf Inside. This is actually, I guess I'll do yet another cold freight. Time for the cold break. So episode 11, The Wolf Inside. This is directed by TJ Scott, written by Lisa Randolph. Um, We get to go onto a planet, which I'm excited about, um, in the Terran Empire. And we get to see sort of this coalition of species. And Burnham's like, oh, my God, they got Klingons to work with other species. How did this happen? And I, I really enjoyed this episode a lot. I think this one, to me 
feel this one felt a little nostalgic at times, but still felt mm-hmm. new enough with the way that it was approaching it. Mm-hmm. And I think I enjoyed like the there was some really good tension building in this episode. And then the reveal at the end for me. I still remember my feeling of like, hell yeah, they got Michelle Yeoh back in here because I remember being so sad at the top. Lately got gypped. That I was like, I was so emotionally like ready to watch Michelle Yeoh in a freaking Star Trek show. And then you took her away from me. And then to see her come back as the emperor in this episode was like, I went, I will give you all of my money. I will watch this forever. (laughs) I was so excited. (laughs) Uh, What was your your, uh, cold freak? Uh, Like, I... I think the episode was was great. Uh, I suppose what if I were to be nitpicky about on this on this version here, like on, on this like run through, the thing that pissed me off was it not pissed me off, but like it you know, was Burnham trying to figure out how do we get the Klingons to blah blah mm-hmm. blah blah. Because first of all, you don't even know if the Klingons are are like warrior here, like you know, like mm-hmm. you don't you, yes, you, I, I, take it back, like you you. you you allegedly have done your research and all that stuff, but like, but like, in the end, you don't know if they're what you're going to learn is going to be applicable, applicable. exactly. Yeah. And so, why why risk it so much? Why? Uh, so I have I have that it's as- that aside. Like I really like uh, Tyler's, uh, you know, unzipping and you know going full mm-hmm. thing on. I I I really. I would say I don't say I really like that. I go like, oh, the, 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 I I can see that. Like the, the episode, the last episode, one of my favorite sequences was when uh, Laurel was talking to Tyler mm-hmm. and, and and saying the prayer, and and they it, they shot it really slickly. I, I thought I thought like, oh, this yeah. feels really and like whenever Volk and Tyler are in conflict, like the the camera work is really good. Yeah, I think they do a good job of that. Like, you can really feel him being like, I am looking at myself and this is not what is supposed to be happening in my universe, right? Mm-hmm. And it's that, like, it feels very primal in some ways. Um, uh, but yeah. Yeah, but, uh, but it goes pretty quick, right? Like, it just goes, here I am. Uh, I go down, talkie-talkie, I come back up. I'm a bad guy and so over. Like, I-, I was surprised on how few plot points that there were. But it was still a full episode, so I, I'm not exactly sure where all the time went. It just it just did. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of time spent with Saru and Tilly trying to solve the uh, Culber. Right there, there, there. That, that's where it is. Yeah. Uh huh. Kind of the Culber mystery, and then they are also then trying to get um, uh, Stamets back up and running in some way, shape, or form um, to find a way to get out of here. I do think it's interesting uh, in the chat they're talking about. So Kim points out that. Um, Sarek is the leader of the resistance since we know in the original series that Spock served in the Terran Empire um, in the Mirror Universe. And so then Chupi points out, I guess Mirror Spock was just as rebellious as Prime Spock, <laughs> um, which is like a fun uh, a fun thing for both of those characters uh, to know that they are somewhat similar on the inside, I guess, as well. Uh, I think we also get some really good Tilly, Captain Killy, Tilly we go, get both Captain Killy moments and I think great 
Tilly moments. We, mm-hmm. we really get to see her shine. I love the moment between Saru and Tilly when she's like, if I can do this, will you recommend me for the Starfleet command? Um, and, you know, Saru's like, I'll think about it. Um, and then, yeah, we have kind of Burnham showing us the pain of going through the motions of having to exist in mm-hmm. this universe. Um, and I thought it was uh, a fun detail when she's like, "Every it doesn't even seem like the stars are as bright here. And like to the point that the Terrans, you know, uh, we know that um, Lorca has to has his eye issue because the world is too bright in our empire. So I thought that was like a fun little tie in there. Um but yeah, this one is definitely a lot of like trying to tie up some pieces, setting up the conflict to really get us to the big reveal at the end. Sure. I thought it was really slick how they uh, how Burnham got the data off, you know, onto oh, yeah. Discovery. I thought I thought that was, was good. It's it good setup. Like I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily would not have expected it if not for the fact that I've seen it, you know. Right. Yeah, I do remember even this watch. I went, oh, yeah, I forgot that's how she gets the data like off the ship. Um, and and I agree. I thought it was like a really fun way to solve that sort of um, plot point problem for them. Um, yeah, we get the continued uh, when under surgery kind of business going on. Um, and then. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of it. It really just sets it up. And then it's like Giorgio surprise. Um, I thought the, the information shared on the planet from this, from Miravoke, um, was helpful in the idea of like, oh, it's all about the houses. And that I think is really setting us up for the back half of the, of the Mm -hmm. season in a bit of a way and what, how they're going to use Laurel, especially going forward. Um, but I think in this moment, it does feel a little like, oh, okay, we just had to like kind of get through some of the minutia of this particular universe yeah. to get us to our bigger setup sure sure yeah no, no. I, I, I think you know it, i think like i said like there are five episodes right five in the terran and i think the five in terran are really good mm-hmm. uh, i just feel like it's a little not of the klingon war a bit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, so um yeah, it is. I, I, I'm. I'll have to remember as we. Well, I will remember because I'll be watching it. But I can't um, remember exactly like how much time passes as they're in the Terran universe, right? I think if I'm remembering correctly, it ends up being quite a long amount of time that they've been gone. Um, but obviously, it doesn't feel like that to them in this particular universe. So uh, it's interesting to see how they're also showing, particularly in this episode with. Burnham kind of being like this is really hard it's really hard for me to be here but I know this is what like I kind of have to do to see if I even have a chance of I think this is where she really cements that she might have a chance of getting back into Starfleet to me this is where that idea kind of pops in for her like I will say this this is where like I've always had difficulty with Burnham's character is that maybe I'm being prejudiced because you know uh, you know like it's systemic or whatever but like I expect that her Vulcan training would have made her more like uh, able to do it, mm. you know, yeah, like, like, but like, I think, well, I think because all of their, it, 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 there's like emotion suppression, but it still goes, I think it is illogical in many ways. What's that, illogical? Oh, the okay. way that they are, are so flippant about 
the value of life. I don't know. Like, 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 not the. It's I think working. this is Paul logic and not. <laughs> like, like, I'm just saying it's working. Like they're they're kind of ruling their their situation. And aside from a few stragglers, you know, you know what, you know how the Terran Empire falls apart. It's because uh, of Spock. Spock messes everything up. Oh, in and, TOS. Uh, in in TOS, it, it's it's not the TOSs per se. You find out in the uh, next gen. Uh, basically, what happens is uh, Deep Space Nine. They they go that they do the mirror universe stuff, and the Terrans are all slaves, and they're all slaves because like Spock, you know, was like, "Hey, we we should be nice to each other." And then the Cardassians and the Klingons conquered the Terrans. <laughs> Someone's gonna conquer someone in the Terran Empire. <laughs> and so I don't know if you go like, "Oh, take that Terrans." I go like, oh, not, I mean, like. Everyone sucks. No one's good <laughs> in that in that world. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. In most but, worlds, I think. Um. <laughs> you know, as as Fox says, like it's it's just it's a matter of cosmic history that it's easier to destroy than to create. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. Star Trek Two, baby. Oh, Star uh, Trek Two. But uh, but in this way, like I, I kind of feel that I should say that you know. Uh, the Terrans. I'm. I'm not going to go too far down this path, but like <laughs> the the Terrans absolutely suck. You know, mm -hmm. the, the, they're they're not great people. But that's by our standards, right? Like, I there's a version of it. Like, imagine if it were Kirk who is trapped in you know uh, the Terran universe and had to get back and they had to be like Lorca in order to you know and betray his Terran folks with. with would we care or would it go, would we go, those people deserved it? I mean, I think it, 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 I think Kirk would also struggle with having to do those things to people who look like the crew that he knows and loves. Have you met Kirk? <laughs> yes. I think he would struggle. As long as they weren't wearing a red shirt, I think he would struggle. I, I think he would struggle. It was Spock, McCoy, Ohura, maybe, right. but, but like it was, it was any Joe Schmo, like, you know, out of here out of here so. no no but this is this is the thing that uh, i've always like i felt like it was a really interesting idea to have here is this uh human that was raised by vulcans mm -hmm. and i feel like and maybe i'm wrong about this like in season two there's no version of it where you where you really care about it right like you know like I it 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 appears in different ways. I think season one, I think season one and season two is where she has the most growth as far as finding that mm -hmm. that balance. Yeah, her voice. Uh-huh. And like what she wants to be like going forward with sure. like the knowledge and capabilities that she has from her, her Vulcan life, but in knowing that she is a fully human person. So it's not something that is like, uh, you know, it is the whole nature versus nurture, right? Conversation. Yeah, I, I, I feel like in season one we see her really deal with identity, mm -hmm. and by season two, like she, she's fully integrated in a way that I, I think the, season the, two she's still struggling a bit, and then it becomes more interpersonal. I think then it becomes it, things like love life and all of that kind of stuff yeah, and, later. And but, dealing with her brother, right? You know, like yeah. season two is, is trying to find her brother, and mm -hmm. but it's all. 
it's all stuff that is external relationship as opposed to how you see yourself. I, I, I maybe mm-hmm. I'm like, like she's trying to, trying to get my mom trying. You know, yeah. But I think a lot of that, like the external forces forces her to have that more internal dialogue, I think, with herself, because I think in season one, to me, it's more of her overcoming her own actions rather than self actual self exploration. Well, I guess we can revisit this discussion when we watch season two. Yes, that's true. Mm. Mm, we shall see twirly 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 yes so next episode i was looking and so there's four episodes until the end of this particular season so instead of just doing three and then one and then jumping into two i think we just do the last four yeah well no we'll just do the last four oh okay great yeah so we'll do the last four episodes we'll shoot all the way to the end um because then that will uh, essentially we're doing like a season a month <laughs> it's what's yeah. gonna oh, happen yeah yeah it's yeah, great um to get us to five so in preparation for april so we will be back uh next week uh to talk about the last four episodes of the season but before that paul was there anything else you wanted to bring up or discuss about these episodes uh no i i'm good like you know i'm 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 good yeah, i uh it was really harrowing to think we also potentially could have lost stamets in this episode but um uh, he obviously comes back to life at the very end so we didn't kill all of the all of the gays by the end <laughs> of this so as <laughs> far um well, we uh, are in the terran universe we are in the well, like, what if we are in the terran universe what, what we're the terrans and like there's actually a better i i believe there's some terrans in this universe uh, like, <laughs> there are definitely it? some terrans in this universe uh, they've come through a portal and now we need to uh, find a way to send them home anyway. Um, okay. Y'all make sure you subscribe, rate and review. You can find us on Apple, uh, Spotify, all of the places. The links are at star as well as links to our Patreon. We also have merch. So if y'all are watching on YouTube, you can scroll down. There's a link to our merch. Same thing. If you're listening, there's a link to some merch there. If uh, we haven't sold anything, so I haven't made new designs. Um, but if y'all also want something uh over there let me know as well you can find us on socials we're at star trek pod on uh twitter slash x and uh also on instagram uh we appreciate you karen for helping us run everything over on x that dumpster fire um of the internet appreciate you so much the mirror universe of twitter the mirror universe of x is the mirror universe (laughs) of twitter that's a good way to put it um okay y'all we appreciate you live long and prosper okay bye y'all